goddamn traitor, sir. Song we all know and love. Blau und weiß ein Leben lang. Hallo meine Lieben, wie geht's? Willkommen zum Das Einziger Schalke Podcast auf English. That's right folks, officially the world's only English Schalke Podcast. I'm your host Richard Carmen. Thank you for tuning back to our show. Schalke fans are some of the greatest fans in the world, many of whom speak English. This pod aims to bring you the latest from the Royal Blues, talk to the English-speaking fans of the club and get their point of view across, and bring you game highlights. We'll also pick out articles on the club and talk a little bit about them. I certainly don't do this alone, and joining me all the way from Chicago is co-host Jack Mangan. Jack, how we doing, man? Richard, uh, it's good to be with you. I'm a little surprised to be hearing from you, honestly. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought you were going to up and ditch me and leave the Shaka podcast behind now that you've hit the big time. Um, <laughs> our man Richard here uh, made an appearance on the football show on Sirius XM this past week. Um, so he is officially famous and too good for me, but apparently not. So um, that's, uh, I'm pleased to see that you are still here at our normal time, ready to record this thing. Yeah, I got a lot of fame and attention from that. I got a whole three followers from that, so it's awesome. That's a uh, massive pickup. That's that Sirius XM bump right there. Yeah, I'm up to 10 now, so that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, no, it was good times there. Uh, Neil and Charlie were uh, very accommodating, and we had to talk a little Syria. Unfortunately, we didn't talk any Schalke. Uh, but next time, uh, next time they have me on, I'll, I'll definitely try to squeeze that in there. Yeah, uh, but it was good rectify. times. Yeah. I said. No, I said. Yeah, you can definitely uh, rectify that next time. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Turn your Syria talk into a shop exclusive talk. There we go. This uh, take over the show, right? Yeah, they won't notice. No, nah, not at all. No, but they probably want to talk more now since uh, um, our man over here. Uh, You're a goddamn traitor, sir. Leon Goretzka. Yes, the six-two, one hundred and sixty-eight-pound gorilla in the room. Yeah. Leon Goretzka, yeah. our boy. Um, I'm sure all of you have, have heard the news at this point, but uh, the saga has finally come to an end. Leon Goretzka this past week has decided to take his talents to Bayern Munich in the summer on a free. Um, disappointing, but something that I think we all kind of expected was coming. Um, just unfortunate that was it was drawn out for as long as it was, but... Um, I don't know how you feel about it. Uh, my personal feelings are that we uh, need to move on from how you know, however angry we are, angry we are about this as soon as possible, and uh, you know, because we we have a Champions League to qualify for. That's the way I'm looking at it, and I think Goretzka is going to be a big part of that here in the Rook Runder. Um, obviously, we have some fans that that don't feel that way. There was a banner. Several banners, actually, but one banner that was unveiled um, pre-match that yeah. essentially said something along the lines of uh, neither money nor trophies are worth more than our club. Anyone who does not appreciate that can fuck off immediately. <laughs> so strong words from some of the fans. He was whistled at repeatedly when he touched the ball. He was. Um, and hopefully uh, that'll be a one-time thing. And everyone will kind of, you know, get it out of their system and then they can uh, focus on supporting the team um, because Goretzka is going to be a part of that team for a few more months still. I unfortunately don't think it'll uh, it'll end. Um, the way I feel at first, I was like, I was hurt like most fans. I was like, ah, oh, really? Come on, man. But, you know, looking at hindsight, you know, we just got a guy for free from Hoffenheim. So, you know, who yeah. are we to, who are we to, you know, get mad at, at Goretzka for doing that? I get it. I mean, it's not his fault. It really, it's, it's, the, it's management fault for letting it get down to less than a year. Um, but I mean, that is what it is. I mean, it's football. We lose players all the time, unfortunately. You know, it'd be nice if we started losing them and get money back. Um, or just it'd be nice if we kept the players, period. Yeah. Um, but I think that's, that's the big thing. That's the thing for me, at least. I, yeah. I'm kind of used to Schalke losing players at this point. It's, it's unfortunate right. and it's still, Still hurts every time it happens, but it's when we don't get money from them that really <sighs> frustrates me. I mean, we sold Zane, we sold Neuer, some of our big players, but you cannot let a guy. Like how much would have we? How much would we have gotten for Goretzka? At like least, 100 million? I mean, I would think. I mean, I think he had to have been at least around, you know, 
fifty at a minimum, somewhere in that kind of ballpark. Um, I mean, it's, it's it's honestly inexcusable from management perspective, and I understand that you know Tedesco and uh, Heidel weren't really in place when maybe his last contract was signed, but this seems to be a recurring theme for yeah. Schalke is that these players reach their peak desirability to other European clubs um, at the wrong time, right when they're coming off of contract and they end up walking and we get nothing in return. And it's, um, you got to be able to capitalize on your top talent. Yeah. So um, like I said, we should uh, just move on at this point. I mean, Goretzka will be an an, an absolute professional and he'll, he'll do what he can to leave on a good note and, and get us a champions league spot or at least try to, Uh, I have no doubts about that as the fans though. I don't know if they're going to be as forgiving, um, like I said, with that sign that came out, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, if he gets getting some goals, uh, hopefully he doesn't try to kiss the badge because then that won't go over well. But um, yeah, yeah, I think he'll be up, the utmost professional and he'll do what he can to help you know guide this team uh, to the to to Champions League spots. I mean, it's kind of like when Neuer when we knew Neuer was going, you know, he did what he could and he got us that freaking uh, DFB Pokal before he left. So yeah, um, he left on a good note and hopefully Gretzka could leave on a good note uh, here. So we'll see. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And, uh, you know, I think the easiest way for him to get back in the fans' good graces or at least um, lessen some of the hate is, like we said, putting good performances and, and score some goals. And hopefully he does that going forward here. All right. Well, let's get back into the nitty-gritty of the game. Um, so last week we experienced the rare loss this season. Quite a change from last season, Jack, isn't it? Definitely. Uh, it, it feels weird to hear you say that, to be honest. The rare I know, right? loss for sure. Yeah. <laughs> That certainly has been the case this year. Um, not the way we wanted to start off the nope. second half of the season here, but um, an isolated incident so far this year. And just shows from how far we've come in the last 12 months. Um, nonetheless, a stinging loss to RB Leipzig. You know, we were looking to, you know, Schalke were looking at a three-game uh, stretch that could very well make or break their season here. And we're starting here with Hanover. Um, we're all in agreement here that, you know, getting the max points is doable. Uh, but we need to get as much as possible out of these games before we go to face our Bavarian rivals in Bayern Munich. Um, so we, the first game was as, as obviously Hanover. They had this, we had this weekend. Then we got Stuttgart and then we got Werder Bremen. Um, so, you know, today on the podcast rundown, we're going to recap that Hanover game, give our reaction, and we'll try to give you a good preview of uh, Stuttgart. Uh, Jack, what do you think? Let's take it away. Let's do it. So in this game, um, we were facing our old manager Andre Breitenreiter. Uh, he was our manager in the 2015-2016 season. He was the man before Weinzier, wasn't he, Jack? He was. Came to us from Paderborn, I believe it was, after their um, somewhat impressive campaign mm-hmm. initially when they when they were promoted. Uh, didn't work out for him, although it doesn't really work out for. A lot of managers at Schalke tends to be a club that has a revolving door of managers to some extent. Uh, but uh, interesting to see him back in the Veltons Arena. Yeah, the big stigma with him when uh, when he was with Schalke is that he wasn't uh, ready for the big light, limelight of the Bundesliga. He was still a small provincial manager and uh, he had a ways to go. But he, he, he has guided Hanover back to the top league and he's... Uh, Hanover are certainly a decent team. They're currently 10th in the, in the table, so... Um, I would say he is a Bundesliga manager now. Uh, whether he was before or not, that's uh, that's uh, to be discussed later. Uh, let's look at the lineups for this one. Uh, for Schalke, pretty standard lineup, or so we thought. A little wrinkle that uh, we, we weren't used to seeing yet. Um, Ralph Fairman, obviously the captain and goal. In defense, we had Tilo Kerrer, Naldo, Matija Nastasic. In the midfield, we had uh, Alessandro Schoff. Leon Goretzka was back in the lineup. Max Meyer, Amin Harit, and Bastian Ochipka. Up top, we had Guido Bergstaller, and we had Marco Piazza. Tedesco doing it finally. No DeSanto. That is me clapping for the absence of Franco DeSanto. The soccer gods have answered my prayers. Uh, (laughs) So refreshing, isn't it, to see somebody else up there? Yeah. I didn't fully expect it to be be Piazza. I thought maybe maybe an Ebola or somebody along those lines. But, um, you know, we, we talked last week about this guy's versatility. And he didn't 
didn't seem out of place up top. So no, no. Um, yeah, I loved that. Loved it. Yeah, it was a. Uh, I'm glad that he got in the game. Um, we have to see more of him. We saw, we saw in a, a cameo last week in a substitution uh, coming off of the bench. So it was good to see him in the end. But you know, a name that was missing in the lineup was Daniel Calagiri. Uh, he was out with a stomach bug. So on the bench, uh, Calagiri was missing, of course. Uh, so we had you know obviously Nubel, McKinney, uh, Di Santo, Konoplyanka, Stambouli, Tekpeti, and Embolo. Um, I, I, I take it you're, you're very satisfied with the with the lineup starting lineup this uh, for this game. No, uh, no Di Santo. Yeah, that was the main thing. Um, happy to see Tilo Kerr back in the lineup. I yeah. do prefer him um, over Stambouli, not by some massive stretch, but I, I like Kerr a lot, and I, I'm always happy to see more of him. Um, Shup now getting a good run in the side uh, recently, yeah. and he, he got the start today. Um, not today, but this past weekend, and then Goretzka back in the lineup. Facing the the whistles and the the boos of the fans. Yep, yep, and he played through them. Uh, lining up for Hanover, we had Schauner and and goal. Uh, you had Sorg, Sane, and Anton in defense. Midfield, you had Korb, Schwegler, Fossum, and Ostrozilik. And then up top, you had Klaus Fulkrug and um, Bebu. Was an interesting pronunciation of his name. Um, you know, fun, a, a name that we are familiar with is uh, Harnick, and he was on the bench. Luckily for us, and then I noticed there was a guy named Carmen on the on the bench. Uh, there's no relation, folks, so don't worry. Uh, me and this guy are not. We, we have similar lineage, apparently, but we're not we're not related. So just a side note there. Um, I don't think anybody confused you too as me. No, <laughs> yeah, no. This is wishful thinking. You know? See, see, the line lights already get into my head. I think everybody, you know. Adoring me at this point. Gotta, the three followers that I have. Gotta keep, gotta keep that reined in. <laughs> so, you know, coming to this game, obviously we know Schalke are, they score most of their goals on set pieces. 14, I believe, this season. Hanover, they've actually scored nine of their last, other, nine of their last 12 goals have come off set pieces. So they're pretty good themselves. Um, I th- Posers. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is a, this is news to me. Only Hertha Berlin have scored more than Schalke and Hanover off set pieces. I did not know that. We might have to check those, check that stat, Jack, because I thought we were in the fir- in first place there. I don't care if anyone says Schalke is the undisputed set piece master. <laughs> oh, when you got Naldo, right? Yeah, respect the original. Everything else is just a copycat. So the players to watch, or the player to watch in this game, in my opinion, would have been Nicholas Fulkrug. Um, he had a hat trick last week versus Mainz. Yeah, and um, he's been he's probably the hottest striker in the Bundesliga at the moment, based on current form. Um, so I, you know, going to this game, if there's some way we could, we could shut him down, uh, chances are of a victory would have been high. Um, as I said, you know, we were facing our former manager and the other bit of news that we all know about is Goretzka is off to Bayern. So how would he, how would he play in this game? I didn't think, you know, just to talk about Goretzka real quick, I didn't think he had the strongest of games. It wasn't his best game, but you know, he had been out for a while. So it's expected when someone is out for that long to have a little bit of rust. A uh, pretty brutal game from Goretzka, in my opinion. Uh, he lasted, what, only 65 minutes, maybe? That's about right, yeah. I don't think I heard his name on the broadcast until about 25 minutes in. Um, just completely anonymous out there. When he did get involved, it was rarely anything uh, spectacular. Uh, he made, I want to say he made one good defensive play that I noticed where he took someone off the ball in the second half, and that was really the only thing I can remember specifically um, you know, taking note of is, is a really positive thing that he did out there. Um, can't give him, I mean, it's a tough environment, right? You know, he, yeah. he's had, he's had a lot going on, you know, mentally, emotionally, uh, leading up to this week and this week with his decision. And then, you know, to have the fans, uh, kind of come after him in the way that they did, uh, which is his fault to be fair. But it, it's still, that can still be difficult to deal with. So maybe that threw him off his game a little bit. He also could have been, slightly out of condition hasn't played a whole lot recently because of injury and other reasons so um yeah i don't know but (laughs) that's not the way to get the fans off your back with a performance like that he needs to needs to step it up for his sake and for uh you know the sake of schalke's performances here in the second half yeah really the only thing that i saw that was worth noting about Goretzka in this matchup is there was one play and we'll get to it later uh, between Bergstaller, him, and Amin Harry, that it looked like it could be something successful in the future, the way they were g- doing a give and go with each other, going right through the defense. 
Um, it ultimately ended up in a failed shot by Goretzka, but that was really the only only good thing he did in that game, really, to me, in my in my opinion. Like I said, I agree with you 100%. Uh, completely rusty uh, coming back in this one, but uh, hopefully he'll get back into it because we need him to to progress up in the table, get some goals because he is definitely that kind of quality player. Uh, so let's let's get to this game. Um, Schalke, they were, again, they kind of started pretty strong as they did in the last game um, against RB Leipzig. In the second minute, uh, Alessandro Schaub did well to intercept the pass, uh, but when he tried to feed it to Bergstaller, uh, he did quite poorly on that delivery. Um, I don't know if he was just too excited and, and read that wrong, but I mean, that was uh, for a second I thought we were going to get a, a good chance that Bergstaller was going to have a, a, an attempt in the air to at least try to head it in, but uh, it was a poor pass. Schaub is kind of frustrating in that regard. Uh, he gets into dangerous positions, not with incredible frequency, but multiple times a game. And it seems like he either just has a wild shot yeah. or his pass lacks, you know, the correct touch to, to have anything resolved from it. So um, I'm not, I'm not down on him. Like I said, I'm glad to see him back in the lineup, uh, getting minutes, getting a run in the side here. And there are some things that he does that look promising, but that kind of thing he needs to, he needs to work on that. Once he gets to the final third, He'll do one thing really, really well, and then it just he needs you know a consistent uh, sequence in order to really make an impact. The kind of thing that Caligari has been doing for us this season. Yeah, and um, the same thing goes with me and Harry with trying to if he can get that final scoring touch, he'll be he'll be an amazing player because he's turning he, every game. He's getting stronger and stronger with the ball. Uh, he had glimpses of the gl- glimpses of that in this game. Um, if we a uh, couple minutes after that, you know, in the fourth minute, you know, last week. Uh, Meyer had a uh, had some difficulty against Leipzig, and, and this game he started out in in, in rough or in a rough way. Uh, he turned over the ball to Hanover, and then he proceeded to foul the Hanover player at the edge of the box for a dangerous free kick. Luckily, uh, it was an easy save for Farman, but it could have been a lot worse. Um, had uh, I think it was Klaus who was the kicker, maybe Schwegler, um got a good shot off there, but um, he got lucky in that respect. But that's two two bad plays within like ten seconds. Yeah, Max Meyer hasn't uh, had issues with discipline overall, though, so I wasn't particularly no, worried yeah. about it when I saw it. just kind of a weird opening from him. But, uh, yeah, as you as you mentioned uh, in regards to the Leipzig match, uh, he was afforded a lot more freedom in this game, Hanover. They did not try to crowd him out nearly as much as, as Leipzig did, and I think he really benefited from that today. Speaking of weird beginnings, uh, Piazza had some early, uh, rough early touches but that's that's to be expected, right? Uh, with so little so little playing time up until now, uh, getting used to a new team, it's expected. I mean, I'm sure it's just nerves. Anything we get from him, um, from the for the next even the next week or two beyond this, as he's kind of in his first few appearances, is just a pure bonus for me. I'm, I wasn't expecting much from him last week, this week, or even you know next week potentially as he's getting acclimated to the side, you know, getting chemistry with the rest of his teammates, and to some extent getting getting fitness back as he's still trying to, uh, you know, get a lot of match minutes under his belt as he's coming, you know, on loan here uh, on the heels of this injury that he had. No, no, absolutely. Um, so in the 10th minute, Julian Korb, uh, he fouls Harit uh, really hard for the second time in a matter of like minutes and picks up a yellow. Um, Harit up to this point has been fouled 61 times this season, Jack. Looks like uh, Brighton Riders' game plan was to make this a hard game for Harit, wasn't it? I don't know if it was so much a game plan. It's just that Harit is the most fouled player in the Bundesliga. He's very, very difficult to take off the ball without, uh, you know, catching a piece of his leg or his foot or, or you know, what have you. So, um, I mean, the trend continues. He was fouled a number of times in this game um, and a couple times early as they're probably uh, trying to get acclimated to his pace and his, his trickery on the ball. Yeah, he's just, he's so shifty and it's hard to just get a grasp of where he's going to go next. And uh, some of the touches on the sidelines against like one, two defenders was just brilliant. Uh, just to escape that, he's like Houdini. Um, I noticed, I, I did notice, you know, in the first half, uh, Hanover's strategy, you know, when Shaka was playing out from defense or like a goal kick, uh, they would press high in the beginning on all defenders, you know, trying to give them very little time. But if, you know, Shaka were successful in bringing it out, uh, Hanover just dropped back into midfield. Let you know they're content with Schalke sitting there controlling the play. 
they would wait until Schalke would try to cross that midfield line, and then they start pressing hard again. Another tactic I noticed that is that any time Harit, at least in the first half, uh, any time he got the ball, they would double team him. But they soon abandoned that because Harit was getting out of those as well. Um, he's like you were just saying, he is elusive and um, <laughs> he's going to be keep getting fouled because you can't contain him. You never know what he's going to do, and the only way you're going to stop him from uh, getting a big play is just by tackling him hard and getting the yellow. I, I mean, I can't really blame Hanover for for their approach. Uh, Schalke seems to either score from you know set pieces or dead ball situations or uh, from counterattacks mostly. Uh, they haven't had a lot of success breaking down opponents in the final third, so it makes you know perfect sense that once Schalke beats the initial press that they were holding, you know, kind of somewhere around midfield, that they just kind of collapse and then you know bunker in. Um, and I think it worked brilliantly for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, you know we were just talking about a yellow card for Corb um, in the thirteenth minute. Uh, Matia Nastasic picked up a yellow card for a foul on Fulkrug. Did you, did you, was that a yellow for you? I thought it was a bit harsh. I did. Um, yeah, I'd probably agree with you on that. I think, I didn't think it was that bad of a foul. And honestly, the Harit foul, maybe that was accumulation if, if, uh, was it called? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it could have been. It could have been. Yeah. Cause there was some contact on the Harit foul, but it was really light contact on the foot. Maybe because he had his studs up or whatever, but. Uh, yeah, c- cards coming out early in this one. And th- there weren't a ton of them, but it definitely kind of set the tone a little bit. I think the referee was just trying to get it, uh, make sure that they were playing by his rules and not trying to get too uh, wild and crazy out there. So, I mean, sometimes the referee's got to do that to get get a hold of the game. And uh, for the most part, it seemed to get it seemed to pay off this game because, like you said, there weren't many yellows or yellows or reds in this game. So that's good. Um so let's, uh, you know, we were just talking about, you know, we were surprised and ecstatic to see uh, Piazza in the lineup. Uh, that would pay off in the 16th minute. Uh, I mean, Harid with a beautiful run uh, through at the defense of Hanover. Uh, it cuts in, goes by like one or two guys, and then there's a sweet little pass to find the new man Piazza. Uh, Piazza would go and give a quick move and then do this. A goal in his home debut in his first start, Marco Piazza gives the Koningsblauen the lead 1-0. Schalke's first shot of the game results in a goal. Jack, uh, that's the thing of beauty there, wasn't it? The whole play. Welcome to Schalke, Marco Piazza. Good to have you on board. Um, Imagine that Franco DeSanto doesn't get the start (laughs) and his replacement immediately scores a goal. Who would have thought? If only somebody out there had been suggesting this. I wish someone would su- suggest it, especially on this show. Yeah, why did no one think of this before? Uh, no, uh. yeah, but... <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't ask for a much better start to your home debut than that. Um, honestly, no idea what Hanover's doing on this play. Uh, Harit picks up the ball um, in his own half. Yeah, yeah. He's afforded pretty much the freedom of the park until he gets right to the final third. No one tried to close him down, take him off the ball, make him give it up, and you know pass another player. Ultimately, puts a move on somebody, cuts inside, um, and as he's doing that, cutting towards the center of the park, Piazza makes a great run, kind of in the opposite direction. Um, you know that that move from Harit dropped a couple defenders in his direction. Yep. So that uh, Piazza's in a one-on-one with with Zane and a uh, great little flick pass into Piazza's path, who then you know quick change of direction opens up some space to get a shot off. Uh, keeper gets gets a hand to it, but it ultimately sneaks in right at the edge of the post. Um, great play. I mean, great. I mean, a lot of credit is due, I think, to Harit for for setting that up, uh, both with his movement and then you know that ball. But a uh, great bit of skill from Piazza in the box to uh, get himself that space to get the shot off and then, you know, didn't miss. Yeah, that, that, that first initial move, that first move was a, a brilliant move just to cut back a, across the defender. It wasn't the greatest of shots because it could have been placed better, but he didn't care. I mean, I don't care. It, it was a goal. That's the, that's the, and that's the end game right there. So uh, beautiful play all the way around. And I, like I said, Harry with that, with that run just going through the defenders. Um, hopefully that's a sign of things that come with him. Those two there, hopefully they can build the chemistry 
Um, through the opening 20 minutes, uh, Schalke were pretty much dominating the game in possession. I think it was something like 62% to 38%, uh, something around there. Schalke were definitely having majority of the possession. Uh, you, most teams, uh, when they get scored upon, A, they either they pick up their game to try to get back into it, or they give up another one. Uh, in this instance, uh, directly after the goal, Hanover began to pick up their play, and they started taking possession back from Schalke. Um, so in that respect, at least for Han- Hanover's, uh, at least they were starting to get back into the game. I mean, I wish I wish Schalke would have scored another one there. It wouldn't hurt my feelings, not one bit. Um, if we fast forward a little bit to the 35th minute, I think it was, um, Schalke uh, fouled, he was fouled at the edge of the box by Anton, or so we thought. Um, it, that should have been a, a foul or a penalty for Schalke, shouldn't it have? Yeah, I don't know, man. It was it was a tough one. I, I mean, this is what I'll say. Uh, defender did not make a play on the ball, did not make contact with the ball, and did make contact with Shuff. I guess you could argue that Shuff kind of kicked that ball out like way too far in front of him, wasn't going to get it. I don't know if that's the case, though. Yeah, maybe um, he's going for the foul. I mean, that's, that was his end game yeah, there. Yeah, the, the ref made that decision immediately. There yeah. was no hesitation, so the ref no. clearly thought he had a good view of it. When I'm watching the replay, it certainly looked like a foul, didn't it? Yeah, it really did. Um, I don't remember if that was in the box or just on the edge of it. It was. But. It was just on the edge. I, I mean, if it was called, then what? Is it a penalty or is it a, a free kick? It's, it's 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 so close right there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's a weird thing because then it's like if it's not a foul, I mean, was he flopping? And if so, why didn't he get a yellow card? You know, it's that right. kind of thing. So. Um, yeah, I would have liked to see a foul call there, obviously, especially if it was a penalty. That could have been a huge moment in the match. So, Hanover lucky to get away with that one. And then with our history this season, uh, I'm, surpri- I'm surprised we didn't get a penalty at that point or didn't go to VR or something like that. Um, at least, you know, th- those kind of plays, the way I look at it is, as long as the referee is consistent, um, then I have no problem with it. If he's going to call it the same way it goes on the other end, that's fine. Uh, but... Um, yeah, so I mean, it is what it is. I mean, at first, like I thought, I thought it was a penalty, but I mean, I can see it wasn't, and ultimately, and there was no yellow given either way. So, man, whatever. Um, so I'll just move on from there, you know. Yeah. Uh, the play I was telling you about earlier with Goretzka happened just shortly after this play. Um, Burkseller, Harit, and Goretzka all with nice passing play, uh, giving doing quick give and goes to each other, uh, cutting through the defense, and Goretzka to, would ultimately. Uh, lose possession before he can get a shot off. Um, so hopefully this is a glimpse of what we'll see with these three guys if they if they're starting as they should be. Because um, uh, uh, when Gretzky is healthy, he's definitely starting. And I mean, I mean, Harrod's been starting, so is Bergstaller. So uh, maybe this is something we can be seeing a lot more of uh, coming here in the next few weeks. I mean, these are all skilled players. We we all know that they're capable of doing this kind of thing. It's just frustrating that it doesn't happen more often. And the other thing that's frustrating me is. Uh, Get a shot off. Yeah. Get a shot off, please. I mean. It's going to be the theme of this, of this exactly. game is getting a shot this off. Not the only, especially later in the second half. Yeah. Um, so many opportunities where we kind of get into a, a good position. And there's, I don't know how to describe it other than saying there's just a lack of urgency on the part of whoever ultimately is receiving the ball to like, you know, get it, control it as soon as possible and just do something with it. And we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later. But, um, yeah, that was kind of a theme in this. And that was annoying too. I mean, like, I, I don't know if it was, we went up early and we became complacent because we certainly backed off a little bit in this game, which I think it was, was a mistake. But, um, I just was, I think we were missing for large stretches of this time, any sort of attacking drive. And that really, really bothered me. It was a 1-0 lead. Uh, you know, we've had trouble scoring goals recently. I don't know why the players felt as content as they did. Yeah, uh, and, to, and to build off what you're saying here, um, more example is that uh, in the 43rd minute, Schalke were looking to get a late goal. Uh, Bergstaller went wide right, like Tedesco's uh, tactics uh, implore, and uh, he found Harit uh, behind him, who gave a nice through pass to Goretzka, who you know couldn't reach it because uh, Zorg ended up getting get it before him and, and caused a corner kick. That would be Schalke's first corner kick uh, of the game, and that was coming in the 43rd minute. Uh, is that indicative of how Schalke were, how, how little they were doing, I guess, offensively in the first half? Yeah, that's certainly uncharacteristic as well. I mean, uh, you don't score as many set-piece goals as Schalke does without having set pieces to begin with, right? So, I mean, the fact that we had to get through almost the entirety of the first half without 
one of those opportunities uh, was strange. And I think you heard the commentators talking about it by that point in the game was like, you know, this is a one goal lead. Um, you don't have any sort of cushion. And if you just kind of sit and let the game come, all it takes is one play from Hanover yep. to uh, completely change, you know, the shape of the match. Um, so uh, going into the second half, I was certainly looking for a uh, revival of energy um, and, and not let that complacency creep in. Yeah, so it, it, you know, it went to halftime one nothing. Uh, we were wondering what was going to come next. Um, looking at Piazza, he was—he looked like he was uh, getting integrated with the team a lot. Um, he was dropping deep for passes. He had good movement. Uh, what, what was your assessment of his first forty-five? Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, I, I don't think there was a lot of service up front to anyone, no. so I, I can't really uh, blame Piazza for maybe not being as involved as I would have liked him to be because Bergstaller certainly wasn't. Um, either, and I don't think that was Bergstaller's fault necessarily. But uh, yeah, he dropped deep a couple times. You saw him pop up on the wings um, in transitional play. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, what? I mean, first of all, he scored a goal. That's all you yeah. care about, right? I mean, that's a great. Right. That's a great start for him. And once again, he showed you flashes of, of what he can do, um, both in the box and in open, uh, more open play in the you know in the middle of the park, taking on defenders and uh, making some clever runs and making himself available. Um, to his teammates. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I liked what I saw from him, and I, I think that's only going to get better as he becomes uh, more comfortable and more integrated. What I liked from the team was, you know, last week, RB Leipzig, at least in the, for a few minutes stretch, they tore us apart, uh, made us look our de- made us look like our defense was non-existent. So I was curious as how our defense would come out this game. Schalke, they defended very compact in the opening half. Uh, even though Hanover had more of the shots in the first half, they weren't really high quality or uh, being threats to us. So we pretty much shut them down in the first half. And their main guy, Full Crew, uh, pretty much non-existent in the first half. I don't remember hearing his name other than that one time. Uh, so I think overall it was it was a very good performance in the first half by the team. And like we could have had more uh, capitalized more on our opportunities. But, I mean, we're up one nothing. A new man scores, and we, we shut down. Uh, the opponent. So, yeah, all in t- all, we talked last week. We expected this to be a high-scoring affair, given the yeah. offensive and defensive performance. Boy, were we right, huh? Yeah, it was kind of the opposite. Schalke, um, much more defensively organized than they appeared to be in in recent weeks, um, and you know, continuing with their you know their poor offense, and then Hanover not not really doing a whole lot either. Um, I think the only other thing was there was a very um, play similar to the Keita goal against Leipzig. I mean, yeah, in that Leipzig game. Yeah. Um, we gave Klaus too much space in a very similar position, and he got a shot and that ultimately hit the post, bounced back and hit uh, Fairman and almost bounced back into the goal. And that, we were, that was lucky not to uh, be a goal there in the first half. But uh, beyond that, it was a pretty good defensive performance, and I thought we were uh, – if, if there were – Moments of laziness or mental lapses, I think those happened more on the offensive side of the pitch than the defensive side of the pitch this week. So um, that was good to see that we didn't repeat some of those easy giveaways and mistakes that you saw us do uh, against Leipzig. Absolutely. Um, in the second half, in the first 10 minutes or so, we saw that uh, throughout the game, the chemistry started building with the guys. Um, I don't remember what minute it was. Very early on, but uh, Alessandro Schoff and Amin Harit, they were playing a give-and-go all the way down the pitch, it seemed like, through the handover players one by one. Ultimately, Schoff would try to get a shot off, but it was way over the crossbar. But um, if you look at how many guys they went through, it was around seven guys. I mean, hashtag impressive. I don't know how there's anybody left at that point to not have a score goal, but... Uh... <laughs> How do you not hit the target at that point? You know, that, that's all you got to do at that point. That's, Again. Okay, so that's something else. Uh, I'm jumping the gun a little bit here, but Schalke finished this game with two shots on target. Unacceptable. How do you finish a game against a team like Hanover that has conceded the kind of goals that they have conceded recently? How do you finish that game with two shots? And they had, we know they had one shot in the first half, so that means they only had one shot in the second half. It's what not- is going on with this team offensively? I mean, you, I you look at the starting lineup. Um, there's an improvement because DeSanto's not in it, right? Um, Absolutely. Bergstaller, you know, he doesn't light the world on fire, but I, I still think Bergstaller is a competent player. I like him. I think he's capable. Hard working. Pia- Piazza, Max Meyer, Leon Goretzka. Shuff is a solid player. Um, it, <sighs> Harit, obviously, is phenomenal. At least on paper, that is a team that should be capable of scoring goals. Um, 
and Naldo can't bail us out every game, unfortunately. So, I mean, it's, it's got to be better than that. You, you, you're at home, right? I don't know how you only get two shots on target at home, especially against a team that's been as, as loose as Hanover has been. That's uh, That was extremely frustrating. Was it maybe that they're trying to be so compact that they were giving up the offensive chances? I mean, I mean, they had their, they had their opportunities, obviously, but they just failed either by not taking shots and losing the possession or shooting it way over into the, like the 50th row. I mean, it was, like, uh, like I said before, I, it picked up a little bit in the second half, and we'll get to that. Uh, but for a large stretch of this game, a lack of urgency, for my in my opinion, and a lack of imagination. This did not seem to be a Schalke team that for a lot of this game had really sort of any ideas um, about how to break Hanover down. Um, it right. was very boring to watch and, and unimaginative and uninspired. Well, at least uh, defensively there was some kind of change by them. Uh, it seemed that Schalke were pressing more in the second half, trying to cause a quick turnover uh, and get some scoring opportunities that way. Uh, is that what you saw, Jack? High pressing from Schalke, uh, especially when uh, they're in a, their own defensive end trying to come out. Yeah, and I think especially when um, McKenney came on the pitch in the, in the 65th minute, um, that picked up a little bit as well because um, I think he's maybe a little bit more fit than Goretzka was at this point, and um, he's always a player that's, that's really getting after it and kind of pushing the team forward. Yeah, um, before before McKinney came on, and, uh, yeah, um, Bola as well, which is what you're about to say. But uh, yeah, Bola came on that for Piazza. So um, obviously that's a good substitute because it could have been another person that we rather not have on. Uh, but what's your overall performance of Piazza? I know we talked about the first half, but um, it's, uh, he started, so that's great. And then obviously it was only 55 minutes, but maybe just because he doesn't have his uh, his legs yet. Yeah, I think if you uh, walk away from this game saying that you wanted something more from him, I think you're being greedy. Yes. Personally. I mean, I think he, he played about as well as you could expect. Um, and he got the goal, so he played better than a lot of other people on the team, right? He had a half the team shots. Yeah. Did he really? Yeah, I mean, I mean on target at least, yeah. On target. Like, yeah, <laughs> on target. I think there was five total shots. Yeah, two on target. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, really pleased. Uh, great. Great to see him in the starting lineup, first of all. Um, I'm not too concerned that he didn't finish. Uh and Bolo hasn't played a lot of full matches either, so maybe those are two players that will kind of you know come in and out for each other. And I'd I'd personally be totally fine with that. Yeah, I would too. Um, you were just saying how we can't always rely on Naldo to bail us out. Uh, like, like a minute or two after Mbolo came on, uh, something uncharacteristic by the big man um, Naldo with a big turnover to full group. Uh, luckily, Matias Nastasic was there to bail him out when he tried to cross it into I think Klaus or or Bebu. Uh, Babu, I think that's how you pronounce the name anyway. Um, yeah, Naldo had some uncharacteristic plays in this game, uh, oh, in the last game as well. So maybe just, uh, he partied too much in Brazil during the, the break. I don't know. I mean, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He's, uh, I'm not going to talk bad about the guy for what he's done this season and, and the kind of player he is, but, uh, still, the tur- turnover like that in the part of the pitch, uh, is not something you want to do when it leads to an opportunity for your opponent. Yeah. I mean, if I had a beach house in Brazil, I don't think I'd come back. <laughs> right, in Germany, right. In Germany. Uh, yeah, I thought Naldo was better than he was last week. Uh, still had a couple bad giveaways, and uh, you know Timo Werner is not on the pitch this week, so you're not going to be punished to the extent that you were that we were against Leipzig. Um, but they, yeah, that needs to get better. I don't know what's been going on with him so far in the second half. Uh, hopefully, he kind of gets his head back in the game a little bit. But uh, fortunately, we weren't punished for that. Yeah, and uh, you were talking about uh, Weston McKinney. Uh, before before he came on, it seemed that Schalke were dropping too deep at this point. Uh, they lost complete control of the midfield. Uh, that's hence why Hanover was creating so many more opportunities in the second half. Uh, Leon Gretzka was obviously not doing well at this point defensively, especially um, not guarding men is how he should be and letting guys go by him. Uh, not On the set pieces, not doing so well. So in the 63rd minute, he was subbed off for Weston McKinney. Uh, this move, I thought Tedesco was hoping to win back that midfield, uh, using that American bulldog is what I'm going to call him, constantly nipping at the heels of the Hanover players. Um, when he came on the pitch, it seemed the momentum swing back in our favor and we won back the midfield. Um, did you get that kind of sense uh, when he came on? Yeah, definitely. And he, uh, Gretzka didn't do much today. No. Um, I don't think he – he didn't look fit. He didn't look particularly up for it. Uh, he just looked out of sorts the entire game, so I wasn't surprised – 
that McKinney came in to replace him. Uh, McKinney's such a lively player and does so many great things. Um, and somewhat of a symbolic substitution, maybe. Um, yeah, a passing yeah. of the torch, if you really want to be overly dramatic about it. I think McKinney is somebody who is in contention to really take up that Leon Goretzka role in the team uh, next year. Obviously, there's other players in the picture, Ben Taleb and, and others, but um, you know he's, he's certainly shown a lot more, McKinney that is, uh, this season, I think a lot of us expected, certainly than I expected. Um, and that could be, we could be looking at the future with that. So yeah, good to see him he's, our, he's our longest contracted player, isn't he? He is. And I think he's under contract till 2022, perhaps. Yeah, I think, lines. yeah, 21, 22, something like that. Yeah, but then knowing our luck, that's when people will probably want to buy him. Um, <laughs> we're getting him for free. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, but, uh, <laughs> I've talked about this before. I, I know that McKinney hasn't scored a goal yet, and that's something we're looking forward to, but that doesn't mean that he isn't involved in the attack. And obviously one part of bringing him on is to help him win back that midfield. Um, you know, he's a very aggressive player, tracks people down, uh, takes up a lot of space and makes things difficult for the opponents. He's, he's very much a pest, but uh, he has an offensive mind and he likes to get forward and he has a lot of energy. And I think that tends to um, be contagious to some extent. When he comes on, I think some of the other players seem to respond to it. No, I couldn't agree more. Uh, he, he's he's going to be an instrumental player for us, and as soon as he gets that first goal, I think he's going to even get better. Uh, that confidence will bloom. Um, you saw what he did it did for him when he scored for for the U.S. in his one appearance. Um, he got he gained more confidence throughout that match after he scored that go, that goal. Um, so, Shaka, we're starting to regain possession in the in the in the midfield uh, due to the McKinney substitution. The one guy I thought, other than Full Krug, that that would worry me would have been Martin uh, Martin Harnick. For Hanover, uh, he was su- oh, there was a double substitution in the 68th minute. Martin Harnick and his man button were both sub- subbed on. Um, so when he came on, uh, it seemed to give them um, give them some uh, some extra energy. He started to influence the games um, uh, in the few short minutes. He, like as soon as he came on, um, I know I think a minute after he came on, there was two chances for Hanover: one for Bebu and one for Klaus. But uh, Ralph Farman was uh, that was like his first time he got involved in the game. You didn't really hear his name. Up to that point, despite all the shots that they had, um, he had some pretty comfortable saves there. Um, so yeah, that's, the, the man bun for Harnick, right? Somewhere in America, our friends over at the Hey on Trek Frankfurt podcast are cheering <laughs> for the man bun. Um, hey guys, Martin Har- Martin Harnick, man, is is a player that like you always forget about, but then you don't want to you, you don't want to <laughs> see him come into the game because he's one of those players that like isn't really a great international player. And doesn't even seem to be that great of a you know he's not a phenomenal Bundesliga player right but right. whenever you play him it seems like he scores against you and you're like I, how does he not have thirty goals <laughs> yeah I, I could imagine that but it, it seems for whatever I don't know what his goal scoring record against Schalke is and maybe I'm just completely imagining this but for some reason like when I saw that he was warming up I was like ah oh, not Martin Harnick and that's like the funniest thing to say yeah in the, in the world is that like, you know anyone but Martin Harnick but that's the way I felt about it no I did too. Because uh, guys like him and Alexander Meyer, you, they just have this history with Schalke and, and other teams that they just score goals all the time. Yeah, no he's going to score a scrappy goal and, and, and bring him back into it. That's the way I felt. It was inevitable. It's yep. Like. Yep. Um, so, you know, you were just talking about Weston McKinney and what he brings to this team. Uh, it was like the 75th minute 75th or so. 75th minute. That is correct. Yeah. Uh, he nearly found Bergstaller with a nifty pass. It was just uh, just too far for Bergstaller, but that's just something that he can he can bring to the game. It's not just defensive prowess. His his ability going forward, uh, he can, he has his, the aerial ability that we've seen throughout the season. We're hitting the post a couple times, but he he can pass the ball too. Yeah, he's he's got he's that's what I'm saying. He's he's, <laughs> he's got a, he's got an eye for goal. He's got an eye for you know offense. Um, uh, you know he made a good central run there. And then, you know, very clever flick on to Bergstaller, who just, you know, unfortunately was slightly too far and he wasn't able to put it away. But, um, you know, a great moment and almost almost a goal for us, or at least almost a, yeah, a very dangerous opportunity. Now, this is something uh, a couple minutes later that you were alluding to earlier. Uh, when we get too cute from the net, um, Ochipka had a nice run. Uh, he ended up finding Imbolo in front of the net who had a great opportunity to shoot, but he got a little too cute there, uh, trying to give it back to Bergstaller, and then there's another op- quality opportunity that went uh, went beckoning. Um, yeah, that is exactly what I was referring to earlier. Um, Ochipka, yeah, Ochipka makes a great run. Yeah. Flicks it on to Mbolo, and as that ball is coming to him, you're like, here it is, this is a shot. Maybe not a goal, but this is absolutely 
a massive opportunity in the match, and you can feel it. Um, and as this ball is coming in, I don't know what he's doing, but he like he do, he he had the if he wanted to, he could have won that ball. Yeah, he he could have crowded the defender. I don't know if he didn't know the defender was there or what the situation was, but like maybe he was just waiting for Burkseller to get into position. Maybe he, he just took his time trying to control this ball for whatever reason and gave the defender an opportunity to stick a leg in it and uh, right at the last second and, and nothing comes of it. And you're, you're sitting there watching this match and you're like, somebody put your foot through it. Just, I don't care if it gets saved. I don't care if it's off target. Just shoot the ball. Do something. Yeah. You can't keep wasting these build-up opportunities. So, um, I mean, it was good to see Schalke getting back into the match. Um, you know, there, there was kind of a every few minutes it seemed like we were getting a you know a halfway decent opportunity, but just mm-hmm. the, the final product just wasn't there, and it was it was pretty frustrating. Yeah, and and at first I was upset because I, I really didn't know what happened. How did he lose it? You know, what the heck happened? And when you look at the replay, you saw that the defender uh, Ostrazolik uh, got his foot in there and, and and knocked it away. But he had ample opportunity to a win it, like you said, and or b get a shot off real quick, which is what he should have done as a striker. It's what you want him to do. Um, but maybe all that time off, you know, with his injury, he forgot his, uh, goal scoring instincts and was trying to be, <laughs> trying to set up his teammate. I don't know. Um, so we're going to move a couple more minutes, uh, to a terrible moment in the game. Uh, and that happened when, uh, Klaus and McKinney were going for a loose ball together. Uh, Klaus slipped on the turf. He clearly tripped or he slipped, uh, and he barreled right into McKinney's knees. Uh, the American went falling to the ground immediately. And stayed down, writhing in pain. He eventually did get up, and he tried to continue. But uh, you could tell right from the onset that this wasn't just a, a move, a move trying to waste time. It was uh, an actual injury. Yeah, um, just a freak play. It, yeah. really, it really sucks uh, that this kind of happened this way. So, um, you know, McKinney is trying to close Klaus down, but Klaus is going to make a pass, and McKinney realizes, you know, he's not going to get there in time. And so McKinney does the smart thing, and he kind of pulls up, right, um, to not kind of go in and try to make some stupid tackle. But as Klaus is making this pass, his foot slips, and so Klaus goes kind of f- sliding into McKinney, who's like firmly planted um, because he had kind of you know held up his run, and yeah, just clearly put a lot of pressure on his knee. Um, as you said, he was down, writhing in pain. Did try to get up and continue for a bit and soldier on, but ultimately he was, he went back down to the ground cause he, you know, it was just too, too painful knew he couldn't continue. And, uh, he was taken off for, for Benjamin Stambouli who came back in. Um, and we got the news, unfortunately that it is, I, this is the last time I checked at least. So I'll have to go ahead and check this, make sure it's accurate. But what I heard was a partial MCL rupture and it's going to be about a six week absence for Weston McKenney, which is you know, obviously highly unfortunate. So, we're going to be That's, missing him for quite a stretch of time here in the Rook Runda. Um, and it's, uh, we need Bentola back and we need Goretzka to step it up and put in some good performances for us. Yeah. Um, that's not best case scenario, but it's, it's a good, better case scenario. Um, cause it could have been a lot worse where he's out for the season. We, I mean, we still, it still could change. Um, if they, yeah. if they go in there and see the MRIs and whatnot, but, uh, being only, only six weeks as opposed to the rest of the season, that's, that's better news. Um, Obviously, you don't want him to be hurt at all. Um, and it's funny just because, you know, he got up and tried to continue the game. Uh, in the 81st, Naldo, you know, received a yellow for a tackle on the sidelines on Bebu. Um, so everyone was focusing on that and, I mean, even the cameras and everything. And then all of a sudden you see a player at the other end of the field fall on the ground and it's like, oh, it's McKinney. That's when we knew it was, yeah. it was, it was done with and he had to come off and Stambouli came on. Um, Stambouli, you know, he, he made an admirable, um, appearance, but it was obvious as soon as McKinney left, it's like when the momentum left. I mean, Shaka were, were starting to, you know, dominate the game again when McKinney was in there. As soon as he went out, it seems like it all went back to, to Hanover. Um, it, though in the 85th minute, Sambuli did have a, a moment of brilliance with a hit a lofty pass over the defense, uh, for Brielle and Bolo. Uh, however, the goalie, uh, Schauner was able to rush out to the shot and get a piece of it before they collided with each other. Yeah, and Bolo, it was, it was nice. I thought it was Ochipka that made that pass. Maybe oh, maybe it was Ochipka. Um, maybe it was Ochipka. I'm trying to give somebody credit because, you know, the poor game he had last week. <laughs> I just like the uh, the symmetry of Ochipka with the chip. Um, oh, but, yeah. You know, yeah, so it's, it's a nice loft ball over Mbolo, who, who I think I thought was pretty bright in the second half. Yeah. Um, as frustrating as that other play was. Um, and he made his best effort to get there. He actually got a foot on it, but he kind of had to bail 
out of that to avoid um, a serious collision with the goalkeeper. So it was a respectful and probably a smart play from Mbolo to not go crashing into him. Um, but unfortunately, the, the the brief touch he was able to get on level wasn't anything that really um, challenged the goalkeeper for or wasn't particularly dangerous. So an- another opportunity that we weren't able to take advantage of. And sure enough, you know, just like moments later, there was a was a collision in midfield between Ochipka and one of the handover players. I didn't catch when it was. A referee did not make a call in that play. Uh, the play continued on. Eventually, the ball found its way wide left to Klaus. Uh, he made a little move on it. I think it was Tilo Kerr. Swung in a pass. Somehow, Naldo missed the missed the ball when, uh, I think, what's his name? Charleston Binshop jumped in front of him. The ball bounced around in the, in the box. Nicholas Fulkrug was there, and he pounced and does what he would do in that situation. That's better. Full Krug again. Can't stop him. At least it wasn't Martin Harnick, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, disappointing. Disappointing play. I, I don't even want to put it entirely on all, though, because the Hanover player no. that was missed it as Bench well. Off, yeah. It he was, jumped right in front of him, and I think yeah, distracted it was, him. It was just one of those freak plays where a ball comes in and, um, you know, it looks like the offensive player is going to get it. And then when he doesn't, the defensive player is kind of caught off guard by it. And it just kind of it fell right to Full Krug. Um, you know, on a platter form, and he was able to just kind of toe poke it into the corner, uh, just like that, one one, and we we dropped two points. Um, yeah. like, better offensive performance from Schalke at, at, at near the end of that second half, but um, I mean that's what we were talking about earlier, right? And that's what the I think the commentators were alluding to in the first half was you know you can't just take your foot off the gas because all it takes is one stupid play like that where you know there's a loose ball in the box from a weird deflection and then suddenly the game's level um you know yeah of course the hottest the hottest striker in the bundesliga is going to score with his ninth goal season for sure for sure i think hanover deserved hanover deserved the points um we didn't do enough to put them away um and you know a, a, a good defensive performance from Schalke today, I think. I don't know why I keep saying today. This game was not today. No, it um, wasn't. This match day, I'll say. Uh, this most recent match day. Um, yeah, a, a better defensive performance, but all it takes is you know one weird play like that. And if, if you're not able to uh, you know, put a couple past the opposing goalkeeper and give yourself a little bit of a cushion, you're not going to walk away with um, a W too often. Because, uh, and here's, I mean, so Schalke have not kept clean sheets recently. No, that I mean. So you have to score multiple goals if you want W. Schalke have not kept a Bundesliga clean sheet um, since match day twelve in mid November against Hamburg. That's um, a long time ago. That is a long time ago, and over a seven game stretch since that last time we kept a clean sheet, we've conceded fifteen goals, um, and we have a negative one goal difference now. Yeah. So I mean, we, I know we were sitting at second place um, at, at the, the Winterpause. I know that we are in third place now. We're still in a good position. Um, we had that unbeaten streak going, but you look at that record, 15 goals conceded in seven games, no clean sheets, negative one goal difference. And that just does not look like a formula for Champions League qualification to me. No, um, no. I know I'm a broken record and I keep harping on this offensive thing. Um, and I know that Chalka still at this point probably has a, a more goal score than a lot of other teams in this league. But uh, it's just the same thing over and over again. I, I liked the fact that DeSanto wasn't in the lineup when we got some fresh blood, and obviously we were rewarded for that. But um, Tedesco's got to do something to to figure out a way to get a couple more goals out of this team on a more regular basis because we can't can't just keep, you know, putting up one goal and and calling it a day and and trying to get a win with that. I don't think our defense is good enough um, to to get those results for us. Yeah, um, and uh, Hanover doing a Schalke on Schalke with a late goal – Jack, so I guess this is what it feels like uh, to give up a late goal uh, in a game, huh? Usually we're on the other end of this, and uh, yeah. not this time. But it's bound to happen. You, you know, your fortune always uh, it comes back to get you. So yeah, these things um, balance out over the course of the season for sure. Right. Yeah. So uh, no doubt we need to get more offense uh, in our game and and tighten up our defensive work uh, if we want to be in contention for Champions League throughout the season. Because right now, like I said, that goal differential is the big thing why we're in third place and Bayer Leverkusen is in second. Uh, they got better goal differential than us. So uh, we're definitely need to improve on that if we need to, you know, 
keep you know, brush them aside and and RB Leipzig and and Dortmund and and the rest of the te- uh, teams that are falling behind. Uh, Shaka fans, what did you make of the match against Hanover? Tell us about it at so four underscore podcast on Twitter. So our next game is up against Stuttgart. Um, Stuttgart. (laughs) First go around, uh, we won three to one with goals from uh, Benteleb, Naldo, and Bergstaller. See, I did Benteleb well that time. Last week, I was was having so much trouble last week. Um, This time around, though, uh, Stuttgart have added their prodigal son, Mario Gomez. He's back from the dead, apparently. Uh, I thought he retired like 20 years ago, but apparently he's not. And he was just in the Turkish league scoring goals for Besiktas is what it was. So uh, he is another threat that we have to worry about. Um, question is, does he still have anything in the tank to get revenge on Schalke from the early loss this season? Uh, currently, as we just said, Schalke sit in third place. Stuttgart on the other side, though, they, they're in 14th, 11 points behind us. Straight up match, Jack, or how do you see this going? So we talked uh, the past couple weeks about the importance of this three-game stretch between the bookends of of Leipzig and Bayern Munich and how crucial these were, Um, you know, because you can't – guaranteeing wins against RB Leipzig and Bayern Munich is a very difficult proposition. So you need to take advantage of some of these mid-lower table sides um, while you have the opportunity. And, um, you know, we lose to Leipzig. We drop points late against Hanover, not how we wanted that game to go. Um, and now we go up against the Shukar team that's lost four of its five of its last six, actually, I think um, six of its last seven in all competitions. Um, this is not a Stuttgart team that's had a particularly great season. They certainly have not had a good run um, recently outside of a one, no win against Hertha Berlin. So, uh, I mean, from the Schalke point of view, you got to win this. You have to. Yeah. I mean, I mean the, the, the current form is, is best shown by what they did this past weekend when they lost 3 2 to Mainz. I mean, who gives up three goals to Mainz? Um, <laughs> so that was not a good loss at all. But then, you know, the one glimmer that they had in this seven game stretch was a, a pretty good win against Hertha Berlin. Hertha Berlin are no team to, to um, cry about, you know, so they beat them 1 nothing. Um, how do you see this game going? I would like to say we win it. Um, I'm, I'm optimistic, but, uh, you know, I don't know. We, we've <laughs> haven't won a lot of games recently, have we? No, um, no. Yeah. We can't stop scoring. We can't stop teams from scoring. Obviously we can't keep clean sheets and then we can't score enough. It seems, um, so I mean, it's a, it's a tricky one. Since that Hamburg game that I mentioned where we won two, two nil, um, in the seven matches since we've only won one of those games. Um, I believe that was the game against Augsburg, right? That late win where we needed a penalty to win that game. Sounds like you're saying we're due for one. <laughs> I mean, maybe Stuttgart is too, right? Having lost five of the last six. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, you have to expect Schalke to win. I mean, we need to win. It's. I mean, that's that's the end of it. Um, you know, I don't want to be going into uh, a game against Bremen uh, having picked up two points out of a possible nine <sighs> to yep. start the Rook Runda, um, especially against a couple teams in that first three that aren't particularly good this season. So we'll see. We'll see how they respond. You got a prediction for us? Mm, (laughs) 2-0. Hopefully. That would be nice to get a clean sheet and multiple goals in the game. Predicting soccer scorelines, in my opinion, is a huge crapshoot. So it is. Um, I'm more about the result than the specific scoreline, but I'll just keep. Going All right, so you're predicting a win. You're predicting a win. I'm predicting a win for Schalke. I think we need it, and I think we will get it. Um, yeah, it's it's tough to pick a, a score. Obviously, you just you basically basically just you know rolling dice and whatever numbers come up, you're going to give that number. Um, so it could be six nothing though. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Schalke definitely. I mean, both teams need to win. But I mean, Schalke if they if they want to be Champions League contenders, uh, they got some teams that are probably going to win this weekend that are in the mix with them or just below them. So they need to step up. We need to get that seven points if we can um, going into to Bayern Munich. So I'm going to say they're going to win this game. They need to get they need to win, and I'm hoping they are going to win. So uh, yeah, but let's see what we, let's see what we get coming there. All right, Schalke fans, our prediction is that we think we both think uh, Schalke are going to win this weekend. Do you agree with us? Tell us your predictions at SO4 underscore podcast on Twitter. 
Well, that's going to wrap this one up, folks. Um, keep tuning in each week as we'll bring you the latest with the Royal Blues. We want to thank Schalke, Fox Soccer, Optifranz, and the Bundesliga for providing us tidbits for our podcast today. If there are any topics you would like us to discuss, send us a tweet, and we'll, we'll make sure to repeat it on here on, on the podcast. Stay tuned to next week's episode where we'll recap that Stuttgart match, and we'll give our predictions for Werder Bremen the following week. Another must-win game, in my opinion. Jack, where can our followers find you on Twitter or, or elsewhere on social media? Yeah, our listeners should tweet you while they can because you're not going to be around for too much longer, Mr. Big Time over here. Um, <laughs> he's going to have so many followers that his tweets are just, you know, your tweets are just going to get buried. But uh, uh, you can find me. I'll answer you. I'm not too big for all of you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you can find me at <laughs> JM Mangan, J M M A N G A N. On the Twitter machine, uh, yeah, send me a question, send Richard a question, tweet the uh, the Schalke podcast handle if you have anything that you'd like us to discuss. Uh, we're happy to do that, happy to entertain uh, your thoughts, so uh, let us know. Yeah, and uh, once again, I'm your host, Richard Carmen. You can find me at Twitter as well, at SiriusXMFC. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Until the next pod comes, my friends, stay ready. And we'll be with you soon, I promise. Tschüss.